Alpha Box and Dice Neat. Episode yes. two, season two. Yes. We've got Sam Burketta coming to join us, the one of the youngest winemakers on the planet. We should feel honoured. I do a little and bit. And slightly annoyed that he's so young and so successful. I know. I'm, I mean, that's initially my first My first bit reaction is, is to I automatically annoyed, hate him be annoyed being so young and talented. And slightly envious. Mm, a little, He's yeah. incredibly talented. He's and, clearly got talent. And, and he's very good looking too. Is he? He's beautiful. I've never met him before. Mm, it's true. He's beautiful, is he? Yeah, we're going to have to form a mob later and kill him because we fear his beauty. Oh, it's not great for the wine industry though, is it? Eh? Well, you know... There are 26 letters in the alphabet. Needs must. Needs must. As it were. That's it. Anyway. That's it. Anyway, we're drinking an orange wine tonight. We are drinking an orange wine, which is uh, unusual. It's a, it's divisive. Not this it? wine itself, but the whole idea the of The whole idea wine. of orange wine, is a, it, for those that don't know, it's a white wine that has been fermented on skin. Yes. Um, so it's, it's probably grown in prevalence due to the prevalence of the natural wine movement, Um, even though this would not necessarily be considered a natural wine because it does contain sulfur at the very end. Right, okay. But I would describe it as a minimum intervention wine, where Sam has tried to not do a lot to it from the tasting notes I've read. All right, okay. Um, But other than that, look, I'm fascinated to find out what he's got Uh, to say about it. An orange wine is basically a a white wine that's made... Like a, re- like a red wine made, is made. made like so a red, The yes. skins are involved and they're fermented on the skins yeah. and that's the way that works. Yeah. And that's not usually the case. And it, For white wines, it's not the case. No, no. Normally it's just pressed and then fermented, the so skins are thrown out. So it's a very different, f- different flavour to white wine. It's a very different flavour to red wine. <laughs> it's just, it's. i got to say, mm. it confused me. Yeah? It really did. Um, mm. I, My palate and my brain had an argument. Yeah? They really did. I... The first, the first time I had an orange wine, there was the same. I've only had like two before this one, and it was exactly the same. It's like, yeah. I don't know quite what's going on. Tell, tell, tell me if this happened to you, because what happened to me was that I was drinking a white wine according to my brain, and yeah. according to my palate, I wasn't drinking a white wine, and the two of them fell out. Yeah. Basically. It, the thing is, if you, if you haven't had an orange wine before, you don't know what to expect. No. So what happens is you drink this and it, it's like you go and kind of go, oh, cool. that's not white wine. No. It's not like anything no. that I've had before. It almost doesn't... It's you know, You know it's white. Yeah, it's just very, very confusing. Yeah, it's almost precocious. Yeah. Yeah. And it's precocious. <laughs> I feel like telling it <laughs> off. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's just different. How dare you behave like that? But it's just different. It's just yeah, different. Yeah, it really is. Just had, if you haven't had it before. Yeah. And even if you had, as I say, I've had a couple of orange wines before this, and I didn't know. I liked them after I'd ha- After you had them, but after I while had them, you were but drinking them, you weren't drinking too them, sure? I was going and going, I don't know what this is. Well, look, I've got to say, my first glass of this was exactly that. Mm. Um, oh, for those that are listening at home, we're drinking the 2018 Musket the Dead Winemaker Society. Yeah. Um, look, it's a spe- Interesting name. <laughs> it's a spectacular drop of wine. Yes. The first time I tried it, again, my expectations were so poorly managed by me prior to, I didn't actually know what it was that I was tasting. And so when I tasted it, it just confused me. Hmm. On the second glass, once I knew what to expect... I actually really started enjoying it. Yeah. And for mine, I actually served this with falafels and hummus and some dressed cucumber and mint. 
And okay. it was freaking delicious with that. Those Middle Eastern flavours yeah, work. worked absolutely beautifully with it. I'm not too sure whether it was the creaminess of the hummus or the spice of the falafel because that was cumin, coriander-driven. Um, but I can get that. The, I can see how that the whole work. The whole combination of all of those things together worked really, really well. The confusing thing for me about this wine was that on the nose, I got loads of like exotic fruit mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and like apricots. But they weren't on the palate at all, were they? <laughs> well, the apricots were. I got some apricots from the palate and I yeah. got some like mandarins mm. and like some I couldn't work out what it was and I was thinking what the hell is this and it was like quince oh okay I was getting some quince on the thing and I was yeah, thinking this is really odd because I'm okay. getting really exotic fruit on the nose mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but then a lot of that's not there on the palate and there was kind of like a musty musty mustiness to the to well, the that, wine which, which wasn't unpleasant in any way and that stands to reason considering the process of actually being fermented on the skin that well, would no, give you that so. mustiness i guess so yeah but there's i mean the, the weird thing is you're drinking a it's ultimately a white wine but it's got tannins yeah it's, got it's tannins. a white wine with tannins it's like i don't know it's confusing yeah it's confusing if you haven't had one before and even if you had i've had a couple before and even if you have and, had a couple before and look, let me hasten to add it's also delicious it's really, nice. it's really <laughs> it's, lovely. The, the, the fact that we're going on about the, the the confusion and so on and so forth, I don't want oh. that to take away from the fact that this is actually a really, really nice. That's wine. just the, the, our lack of, uh, our lack of education on this particular type of wine, correct? Yeah, right. And it's not made that often. No, and you don't see that many of them. No, and so you, that you, how much you know, you, how much can you drink? Yeah, there isn't that much of it. No. So especially made in like I think it's maybe made in Europe, maybe a bit more. I'm mm. not entirely sure mm. of that, but. You know, it's not made that much in Australia. You don't see that many of them. And I know Alpha's very, very, very famous for making small batches as well. So I'm pretty sure there's not a lot of this about. Hmm. Um, and like usual, I don't know how we manage to do this, Nick, but we always end up getting rare wine that there's only like two and a half, three tons of crush in production. We're and we lucky. end up with a bottle of it. We're we, very lucky. We are very lucky, aren't we? Yeah, we are, pretty yeah. much. That's, I'm, I'm, I'm consider ourselves fortunate. I'm pretty sure that Tim's pinching himself in the studio. I bet he is. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, there. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. But look, um, I know about you. I'm willing, able, and ready to bring the best looking and youngest winemaker in South Australia. It's the second time you said that. I know. Well, he's so gorgeous. He is. He's beautiful. Oh well, I've never met him, so I don't know. Oh no, he's very pretty. You'll find out when when he gets here. But um, how about? <laughs> what if I'm disappointed? <laughs> if you just so, oh. You know, well, it was good looking. Nick was going on about you being really gorgeous and you're just kind of fine. Kind of average, yeah. I don't know. Well, oh, that's entirely up to you. Beauty's in the on? eye of the beholder. It isn't it, though? <laughs> Look, let's get Sam in. Um, okay. I really want to talk to him about not only how, but why and... Yeah, how all, why is the, yeah, is the thing. All, I mean, of, all of the things behind this Dead Winemaker Society. He's got a lot to explain. He really does. Let's get him in and find out. Okay. Cool. Well, we're back with episode two of series two of Who Nicked My Wine, and we have Sam Burketta in the studio from Alpha Box and Dice. Sam, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank you, Nick, for letting me come in. It's, uh, it's great to be here. Oh, it's lovely to have you. Oh. Now, mate, we're drinking the 2018 Dead Winemaker Society Musket, which is an <laughs> intriguing wine, to say the very least. It's, um, it's an orange wine. And when I read that and when I started doing some research, before I even opened the bottle, I was 
absolutely confounded by I'd never heard of this thing before. I was really, really excited. And then when I finally got to try it, I must say that it caused the greatest amount of confusion between my palate and my brain because my brain was telling me that my palate should be behaving in a way that my palate wasn't, and so my brain was arguing with it Yeah. Um, because orange wine doesn't taste like anything else that you've ever tried before in your life. So no. Explain it's, yourself. <laughs> well, I guess I should start with the first thing, that apparently legally we're not allowed to call orange wine in Australia. Ooh. Legally. Legally. Orange wine has to be wine from orange. So you can do an orange wine from orange, what? and it can be called an orange wine. As in orange the town orange in New South Wales? In New South Wales, yeah. Okay. So I usually, like, whenever I have people <laughs> in a cellar door, I, or I run them through orange, amber, skin-fermented whites, wow, okay. I usually start with a thing that is... All right, orange wine in Australia can be three things. Mm-hmm. It can be a wine made out of oranges, mm-hmm. which is disgusting. Which is and crazy. <laughs> really don't recommend that no. to anybody. No. Um, it can be a wine from orange yep. in New South Wales, mm-hmm. but being a South Australia brand, that's a little bit too far away for us yeah. to go that's for grapes. Yeah, a long bow, yep. Um, yeah, and so uh, the third thing is a skin-fermented white, or yep. white, white grapes made like a red wine. Yep, sure. So it's yeah. fermented on skin um, and just... The, what that happens to the wine, like yeah, <laughs> you tell the story because I'm still reeling from from trying this. I absolutely, I did absolutely love it. It took me a little bit of getting used to. I'll be honest. Yeah, um, Nick, you loved it straight out of the bottle. Um, I did. Uh, to be fair, uh, I've had orange wine. Uh, sorry, skin <laughs> fermented, skin fermented wine, skin macerated yeah. wine. You know, uh, before. Yeah. So I kind of knew what to expect, and this. I did like it straight out of the bottle, and it actually, as I had it more and more, it, it grew me even more. So, you know, by the end of finishing half a bottle, yeah. actually the whole bottle, <laughs> um, yeah, I loved it. I thought it was great. Yeah. But can, can you just explain the process of making this kind of wine? Sure. So, I mean, for going right back to basics, so majority of grapes have white juice. Reds, whites, um, pretty much all of them have white juice, barring a couple of varieties, Alicante, Boucher, and a couple of other, Ruby Cabernet and that sort of thing. Um, so in order to get the colour into red wines, you ferment it on the skins. And in doing so, you not only get colour out of the skins, um, but you also get tannins and flavours that are locked up in those skins mm-hmm. that you wouldn't normally get. So we took that technique and apply it to white grapes, which you usually take the grapes, press out the juice, oops, sorry, press out the juice, and um, and then you ferment the, the wine separate from yep. the skins. Throw the skins in the compost heap, and that's your next yeah. year's fertilizer. Um, so what we did is we left the skins on um, and fermented the juice in contact with the skins mm-hmm. in order to extract um, not only color, but also those tannins and flavor and create a wine that is super interesting, textural, rich, um, quirky, it's so good for pairing with meals, it's so good by mm. itself, but the sort of wine that makes you think a little bit more about what's in the glass and what's gone into the process and, um, yeah, it's just, just a really cool, fun thing that's a little bit different to what you normally drink. Can I ask why you me- you decided to make uh, this wine with like, muscat grape? Yeah. Um, so the, the long story is... Um, there's a little winery in Sicily called Azienda Agricola Cos, um, and they do a wine there called Zibibo in Pitos. Um, Shout out to those guys. Yeah. <laughs> so Zibibo is actually quite a common grape, even though it's got a fun, more fun name in Sicily. Um, we call it here Muscat Gordo or Muscat de Alexandria, mm-hmm. um, which is grown by the buckleload up in the Riverland. You know, yeah, Fruity okay. Gordo, that, the things you used to drink by the cask yeah. load as a child. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's pretty much all that. Um, but 
they, there they basically they, they took the grapes. Um, it's native to Sicily. They took the grapes um, and they destemmed them a, into amphora, buried in the ground mm-hmm. um, with the skins still on. And then they leave it for six months, sealed up in those amphora. Um, and I was over there with my girlfriend at the time. Um, and we were, which well, is just my girlfriend. Um, but <laughs> just, to <clarify. laughs> just to clarify, in case she listens to this, <laughs> or she will definitely listen to it. Um, but yeah, she, so so we were over there tasting through um, and doing a tour of the facilities, and this wine just blew me away. It was sensational. It was like low alcohol, but had this really bright acid to it, and all these fun exotic flavors that Muscat has. Um, and I just wanted to come home and and, and do that, mm-hmm. um, do that with and find some Muscat for it. So, so where do you, the grapes come from for this Muscat? So they come from um, McLarenville. Yep. So on California Road, the vineyard is roughly four kilometers from the ocean. So okay. it's really close to the ocean mm-hmm. there, um, and it's the perfect grape for that region. So this has no acidification. We don't. Mm-hmm. This is this is a second incarnation of this wine. Yeah. So we've done 2017 was the first one. We made 450 liters. Yep. So less than. 600 bottles yep. um, of it and then that was the experiment experimental batch and then we've upped it a little bit more in this so I think we've got we've got three tonnes of it um, the following year in 2018 three tonnes is still a small batch though isn't it's it still small yeah. yeah I mean we love doing lots of little batches yeah. at yeah. Alpha um, yeah. you know 26, 26 wines one for each letter of the alphabet mm-hmm. um, yeah but this is this is probably the smaller on the smaller side of that even um, so it comes yeah it comes from a in conversion um, to organics vineyard mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. which I feel okay. really rounds out the story for this mm-hmm. um, for this sort of because uh, this wine we, we basically make naturally yep. um, it only sees sulfur just before bottling thirty parts um, before it goes in the bottle yep. and th- that's all that's all all it sees no okay. acidification no yeast no inoculating anything mm-hmm. um, so yeah we ferment it on its skins um, press it off uh, hold it in 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 tank, um, and then we put it into a large body, so two and a half thousand litre cask, mm-hmm. um, and then we leave it in there for eighteen months. Yep. Now Don't the, the cask is that um, is that an oak cask or oak cask, Slovenian yep. oak cask that we Slovenian. had imported over from a uh, repurpose or mm-hmm. re sanded down and then imported yep. back over from. Um, uh, Montefalco in, okay. in Italy. So, so fairly old oak in that case. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So super soft on the on the wooden side of things. Yeah. 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 Um, like I said, they're, they're repurposed, so you get no um, oak flavour in this. Okay. And this is the, the third use of it since we yep. we have it brought over. Right. Okay. Um, but the staves are as thick as your fist. Yeah. So right. they're so if you, if you imagine like a normal stave is probably about as thick as your finger or your thumb maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that allows a little bit more oxygen going, whereas these things are really tight and really, they don't allow any oxygen ingress. So it's it's pretty much like using a tank. But okay. it, uh, over that sort of time period, it does soften it out yep. just enough to give it that real nice complexing. So how much time on skin? Uh, this was three weeks. Three total. weeks on skin. Oh, yeah. wait, that's, that's a significant amount of time. Yeah, so it fermented to dry and then we left it um, for a little bit longer. So yep. sort of, I think it was about... Uh, one and a half weeks ferment- fermenting um, mm-hmm. all the sugars out, and mm-hmm. then we left it another one and a half weeks, the same okay. sort of time on skins. Then we press it off here yeah, into straight into. So these skin fermented, skin macerated uh, wines yeah. are quite divisive. Yeah. Why do you think that is? Ah, uh, to the old to the old school, I think they're just a bit like they 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 can often be quite faulty, and they're they're a sign of the whole natural wine movement mm-hmm. and. Um, and I'm not saying that I want people to come chase me down with their pitchforks, um, you know, because mm-hmm. the uh, natural wine um, enthusiasts. But yeah, it, it's it's that movement is quite divisive, I think, in yep. itself. Um, so people really want to uh, yeah, ex- experiment with a lot of different styles, and mm-hmm. I think quite often the orange wines can be quite 
shit. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> um, well, that's quite going to turn people off. Yeah, mm-hmm. I know. But um, there are some, uh, some brilliant styles out there. Um, and there are some really, really, really interesting styles. And for me, I think they make really, really interesting wines. But they are often do exhibit faults and flaws that we're taught as winemakers to avoid, yeah. and not and that punters don't like, and mm-hmm. you know, and consumers don't don't really enjoy. So why? Yeah. So in that sense, it's quite divisive. But to me, it's kind of like the blue cheese of wine. Yeah. Yeah. Like some people love it mm-hmm. and are absolute aficionados and demand that it must be a particular way, and then there are those that really couldn't care less about it. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of in the middle on it. Yeah. Um, because I really enjoyed it. I don't know that it'd be what I would buy okay. were I looking, but that's just because I mean, if I was at the cellar door and I tasted, I'd buy a bottle, 100%. Yeah. But if I was looking at a list, there are probably things that I would buy before I would look at it. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah, I think the yeah. part of the problem is people actually haven't had too much of it. No. So it's one of those, it's, it's not new. No. It's been made for a really long time. But yeah. it's a limited but exposure. As you say, perhaps yeah. it wasn't so great in the past and now more people are making it realizing the best way of making it exactly more people are buying it and it just is going to take time for people to get used to yeah. as an option but exactly. I, I mean i actually really liked it as i say uh, I, so, I thought it was very nice yeah i mean it's great like going the history of this i mean with the other wine called golden mullet fury which is our other skin contact wine which is a lot less um less down this style but mm-hmm. the story behind that is that it, it's all about the cyclical notion of fashion so it's the idea that this style of winemaking was done um pre-refrigeration of winemaking techniques. So it, it was it's basically, you know, this is a really easy way to stabilise the wines. So you're fermenting on its skins, you, you ferment it dry, you get it through malolactic, and then there's nothing that can go wrong in the bottle for it. So it is, it's that idea that that notion of fashion or that, that fashion of fermenting on the skins is coming yeah. back um, into fashion now, I guess. Okay. So Sam, you're head winemaker at a prominent South Australian winery. Yeah. At 30 years of age. Yeah. How does it feel to be that annoying? uh actually it's super humbling i um yeah i am still waking up every day and finding myself being like wow this is like this is me in a role that most people have to wait 20 30 years to get to and i've been in the wine industry for 10 years now i started studying in 2010 and i'm already you know basically at a level that for me signifies you know i can't really get any higher than this mm. um which is pretty incredible and i get to have fun and do create my own creations and do awesome ones like this that bring me so much joy and hopefully other people too so how did you um, get there i um it's a it's yeah, a bit of a backstory i so i transferred across from a chemistry degree so i was doing um molecules and molecular and drug design um so i went from designing drugs to making alcohol um <laughs> uh, and uh basically i wanted to drop out and do visual arts yep, okay. um and my parents with their guiding hands sort of said oh maybe you can do art as a hobby and do something else. Uh, and so for me, I found the happy middle ground between science and art, which is winemaking. Yeah. Um, walked into the lecture theatre on the first day and never looked back and wow. had such fun. Um, from there, I worked over in um, Yarra Valley, uh, Germany, um, Mornington, and, and McLaren Vale a few times before landing in Alpha. Um, yep. I actually worked there in the cellar door okay. in 2013. Um, and basically when... When I was over in Mornington, I was looking for a winemaking job, and mm-hmm. I called them up and said, "Actually, we've been meaning to talk to you about coming back and working for us as yeah, a winemaker." Wow. Signed on for assistant winemaker, and within a month, I was head winemaker there. Fantastic! Yeah, you must is... have a natural flair for it. Yeah, wow. Well. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually going to quote you back to you. Okay, Uh-oh. so I make interesting wines that have soul. 
<laughs> okay, so that, that that came out of your mouth. So with grapefruit, you can make great wine, but mm-hmm. how do you make your wine different? How do you how do you make it different whilst making it accessible? I'm assuming accessibility must must be important as well. It is. It is. I think um, we're really lucky at Alpha Box and Dice because we've got these beautiful labels that draw people in and you know immediately cut out some of that wankery with yeah. wine wine the whole um that standoffish feeling that awkwardness when you walk into a cellar door that is very sterile and and you, like you don't want to taste wines um you know under that environment and just be told what you should be tasting in them it's a very we, relaxed cellar door your cellar door exactly yeah. yeah and um that's basically what i'm trying to get at yeah. it's a very relaxed experience um and the same thing i try and embody in the wines so you know, not to go too hard on things. We're minimal intervention. We're vegan. We're all those sort of things. So we don't add. I don't add anything that doesn't need to be there. And I find time is the best, um, the best ingredient for for wine. You know, having the patience to leave something in barrel for eighteen months is, <laughs> yeah, and not really touch it, not mess around with it, not tinker with it. Um, is is really. Is really a, yeah, that's it's a why, hard thing to do. That's why I wouldn't make a good winemaker. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be constantly sipping and sipping. Oh, it's not quite ready, but it'll be gone by the time it was ready. <laughs> exactly. All right, Sam. So yeah. what we've been doing here to kind of um, wind up our interviews, we've, uh, we struggled with that in our first series, is we kind of just teetered off and kept on rambling for a little while and then just went, right, cut. And it didn't really work so well. So what we're introducing this season around is a quick fire, one word answer sort of um, vibe for our guests. Um, oh, that's dangerous. What we, what <laughs> we would ask is we've got a series of 12 questions here. And just the first thing that pops into your head um, is usually the honest answer. Um, if you do have to think about it, it means that you're lying and we don't believe you. Um, uh, no, it would just look, be me stopping from swearing. Absolutely. Well, look, we can put a language warning on this episode if you we need to. You can swear, it's um, fine. I'm pretty sure we're going to need to now that you've said shit, so that's okay. What, what did he say, Nick? He said shit. Okay. Yeah, so now I've said it twice as well, so we're in the clear. Um, we're just not allowed to say the other one, which I'm not going to say because otherwise then it takes us up to a different language warning altogether. <laughs> yeah, the producer's nodding, going, yeah, well done, yeah. Nick. Thank yeah, yeah, sure. Thanks, Tim. Shh, shh. Yeah, thank you. Cool, thanks, Tim. Um, so, without further ado, let's get in. Question one, a red or white? White. Australian or French? Australian. McLaren Vale or the Barossa? Vale. Dessert wine or dessert? Dessert wine. Corks or caps? Corks. Aperitif or digestive? Digestivo. Beer or spirits? Beer. Favourite varietal? Oh, well, that's like favourite children. Uh, We've all got one, so be honest. <laughs> Musket, uh, Nebbiolo, and Nero d'Avola. Fair enough. Yep, yeah, beautiful. Uh, least favourite? Shiraz. Ooh. Controversial. <laughs> Controversial. 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 <laughs> For those that aren't in the studio, Matt from Molly Duca, who recorded our last episode, is still in the booth. And he's Sorry, there shaking Matt. his he's fist currently. Yeah, he's no, there's, foaming there's, at the mouth. <laughs> he looks like old man Simpson going, <laughs> man, look. <laughs> I, I, can, I can explain. If we, like, it's, for me, I still don't understand it as a variety. Like, Fair enough. We make, I mean, I made 29 different varieties last year. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, across the board. And I understand a lot of them, but Shiraz, I still don't get. Mm-hmm. I still just, like, yeah. You need I, to chat to Matt. Yeah, yeah exactly. to Matt. It sounds like you guys <laughs> need to go outside and have a fist fight yeah. or something. It's going to be great. Um, okay, question 10. One thing you love about your job? Every day is different. Mm. I, yeah, from working the cellar door and chatting to people to being balls deep in wine leaves and skins and fruit and then being out in the vineyard and <laughs> and... And harvesting grapes by hand, squishing them, tasting them. It really uses a whole lot of different um, 
different skills. Awesome. And one thing you would change about the wine industry? Uh, this is a long, it could be a long discussion. Mm-hmm. Um, it can't be. Uh, uh, if there's nothing that pops into your head, then tax. Yeah, tax, tax is the one that keeps popping mm-hmm. up, but I don't want to steal someone else's answer. <laughs> oh, look, the more people that say it, the more somebody might actually end up listening. Um, uh, there's, yeah, maybe the wankery. Mm-hmm. Wankering, okay. Yeah. Wankery, absolutely. There's plenty of that. Yeah. Um, and your bucket list wine. Oh, I love these orange wines, and seeing as we're drinking them, I'd say anything out of that Slovenia Friuli border to me is incredible. Um, yeah, I've, I'm a real Italianophile mm-hmm. at the moment, and mm-hmm. anything from Barolo, from Friuli, from Sicily, I think are making some interesting wines. Yeah. Alianico, I can ramble on. Yeah. Um, but let's let's see if at orange wines okay. across the board. Fabulous. Well, Sam, look, thank you so much for your time. Um, it's been a pleasure. Uh, I'm so happy to be I, here. I feel smarter. Um, <laughs> yes, I absolutely me do. Too. I absolutely. feel more educated on um, on fruit, uh, skin, skin contact, contact skin amber, macerated skin, wine. something wine. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, fantastic. And Which is not so from orange. Being... No, it's not from orange. No. Thanks for... <laughs> I'm glad we clarified that. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, no, thank you guys so much for, for having me, and I'm glad I could... Yeah, it's been great. We'd love to have Excellent. a little chat and about orange wine. 26 wines in your repertoire, I'm sure we'd be happy to have you back to love try you, another yes. one sometime soon. Let's do it. Fantastic. fantastic. Cheers, Sam. Thank you very much. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Who Nicked My Wine was brought to you by the Second Street Chili Company and N Plus One and Associates, with theme music courtesy of Hannah Fairlam, whose new album is out now on Bandcamp. Look up Bucko, and the album name is Crushing Crushed. Nick and I were actually at the the album launch a couple of Sundays ago, and it was absolutely fantastic. Special thanks must go to the Doctor of the Dials, the Master of Bass, the Fifth Beatle himself. We'd call him Nick too if he'd let us, Tim Allen, in the booth for Podcast Central. Our guest tonight was Sam Burketta from Alpha Box and Dice, and for the first orange wine I've ever had in my life, Nick, I've got to say, it won't be the last. Exactly. It was lovely. Um, we're on Instagram and Facebook uh, as Who Nicked My Wine, unsurprisingly. Got plenty of followers on there, which is, uh, is going pretty well. Uh, we have an email address, whonickedmywine at gmail.com. If you do want to get in touch with us, if you have any questions for winemakers or for us, we will answer those uh, questions in upcoming podcasts. If you could rate us on Google or Apple, that would be wonderful. It will help us reach new listeners. So from all of us here at Who Nicked My Wine and Podcast Central, we would urge you to drink responsibly. Um, that doesn't mean drink nothing, it just does, means don't drink too much. Now, other than that, we will be back in a couple of weeks with a brand new episode, but until then, happy drinking. Happy drinking.